Hi there, I'm Jason. And I'm Joseph. And this is the Infinity Cast, where we spill the tea on Marvel and pop culture. Starting next week, we'll be doing a weekly review podcast on Marvel Studios' first Disney Plus series, WandaVision. But first, a little bit about us. We are two friends, and we've been podcasting for a couple months now. How long have we been doing this? 12 weeks, so yeah, like three months. Wow, feels like we've been doing this for a lot longer. Probably because you've been literally doing it. We were doing the trekking unofficially every time a new episode of uh, Star Trek dropped. So we would have our, our regular Thursday meetups to, to chat up about everything that was going on and thus evolved into something a little bit more refined, so to speak. Yeah, which if, if you're not listening, you should totally check out our other podcast if you're interested in Star Trek. It's called The Trekkin. You can find it uh, wherever you find podcasts, typically. But we kept running into this issue where we would want to talk about other things like Marvel or, or Star Wars. Uh, so this is our space for doing that. Which is far needed considering that Star Trek is now on hiatus and there's still plenty to talk about. With Disney owning Marvel and Star Wars uh, and Disney Plus being a thing, there is no shortage. There is no shortage of content that we can talk about over the next forever, probably. Yeah, because they, they, they lined some shit up for the I mean, for Disney and Marvel for the next like foreseeable future. And just this year, we have WandaVision, Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Miss Marvel and Hawkeye. And that's just the TV shows. Um, and then we have Black Widow, Shang-Chi, and The Eternals, as far as movies are concerned, if nothing is pushed back. Yeah, because they don't want the films to be outside the theaters. Otherwise, you would have gotten Black Widow a long time ago. I miss movie theaters so fucking much. So much. Take Just taking myself to the movies it was something I did on a regular basis, and I, it was a part of my ritual. Um, go to the Alamo Draft House, get a beer, uh, go upstairs, watch a movie, come back down, have a little bit more beer and come and go home. It was like it was it was a way for me to take a break from everything else and go lose my mind for a little bit and then come back and process all the, the storytelling and the artistry I just saw or rant about it with random strangers. Going to the movies was a very important part of my experience of living. And uh, this last year has been without it's kind of been depressing as fuck. So I miss theaters very much so. And besides being without theaters, we've been without Marvel for 18 months. I mean, we had Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but... That doesn't count because it's it's no longer... It, it re- I want it to count, man. I wanted it to count. It counts in headcanon, but yeah, you're right. It, it doesn't have... The Marvel cinematic flair to it. And like, I'm a, I'm a slut for shared universe stuff. It's one of my great passions. It's why I'm so invested in the MCU and why... I can't fucking care less about DC for the most part. The shared universe stuff that, that Marvel is doing now, you know, it's like they, they thought about doing it, they considered it, and then it became inconvenient, um, and they weren't all under the same roof, so it didn't really matter. So it was like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. kind of went the way of the Dodo when it comes to actual shared universe properties, and it's only tied in in the most subtlest ways possible. And, and yet, I like the show. I'm a big fan of the cast and the characters and if you could bring the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. into the actual shared universe, into the uh, the films in some capacity or the shows, I would be happy as, as a clam. I love all those characters. Give me more Clark Gregg any day. Um, some Agent Coulson. I would love some Chloe Bennett in Ms. Marvel or Secret Invasion or something. 
Yeah, something, something. Just have them show up, and then we're like, "All right, great, you're you're all together." Head cannon works again. Of the Marvel shows coming out this year, what are you most excited for? WandaVision conceptually is right up my alley. It's metacognitive, still within like core mystery, and it's focusing on two of my favorite characters. Love, love, love. Um, I really hope that we're we, we're leading towards a House of M scenario. Uh, I love it. And I love Vision. I love Paul Bettany as Vision. He, the, the one thing that bothers me about Endgame to this day is that when at the end, when they're doing all the credit rolls and everyone's getting their feature splash page, Paul Bettany was nowhere there. Like you couldn't have just given us like a, a recording in the background, a flashback of Jarvis somewhere or a flashback of Vision somewhere to rationalize spotlighting Paul Bettany for his work throughout the entire MCU as Jarvis, much less Vision. Everyone got a splash page. I mean, fucking Odin got a splash page for his work in Endgame. Hey, they're making it up to him. They gave him a TV show. Um, and Loki. Loki, I and I had no idea what to expect. And then I saw the trailer and I'm like, this show, this fucking show could be... I mean, like, and, and even that guy who I'm not a big fan of, thus I don't remember his name. Owen Wilson? That's it. That's him. I don't really, I'm not a big fan of him. I find him annoying in almost everything he does. But his performance in the trailer alone shows that this is he's really made for this role. And I'm just really looking forward to seeing that. It all just seems hilarious and fun and multiversal. And we're just going to run around the universe and Loki's just going to cause some shit. And that's that's right up my alley. So those two programs are definitely uh, the two I'm excited for the most right now. Yeah, I think for me, it's it's definitely WandaVision, which is why I'm glad it's the first thing we're covering. It just looks so weird. And I love it. And I, I really like Paul Bettany and I really like Elizabeth Olsen and like their two characters fairly underserved in, Extremely in, in underserved. the movies. Extremely underserved. Um, and not to say that they weren't focused on in some parts, but like they needed to be a little bit more part of the, the, the general muscle and tissue and not just like a random part here or there. Um, we're also getting Kat Dennings back and we're getting uh, the character who is the daughter of the pilot from Captain Marvel. She's going to be in involved. Monica Rambeau. And we're also getting uh, Agent Jimmy Woo from Ant-Man 2. Yeah, so we're getting a lot of little, like, again, they, doing what uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe does best, and, like, it feels like a real universe, and characters do come back, and we get the... Uh, how it's all going to come together, I'm so excited to see. How many episodes is this? Do we know? I don't remember. I believe it was recently confirmed to be nine episodes. And I think they're varying in length, but it's going to run from January 15th until March. And we will be here covering it week to week, speculating. When is Loki coming out? So WandaVision runs until March. And then from March until the end of April uh, is the Falcon and Winter Soldier, which I think they said it was going to be six episodes. And then Loki is tentatively scheduled for May. 2021 and it's also supposed to be six episodes it's like 12 years from now man oh my god it, yeah it's it is forever i'm sorry you're not forgiven enough we're gonna get there though will we though i think holding back 18 months was about as long as they can i think i think we were about to get a flood hitherto unseen of Marvel cinematic content. And that's fine. I don't mind drowning in it. Please drown us in it. Yes, let it be the Disney Plus equivalent of Bukaki. I have no problem with any of that, just as long as it's it's good content and it actually comes out. We're judging by the standard of The Mandalorian. Quality, pretty great. There is quality there. When they do it, they do it well, so far. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe has rarely done us wrong, I think, at least in my estimation. 
Yeah, I can't think of anything that's... I know you are not a fan of Captain Marvel. I am not, which is funny because I am super excited for Ms. Marvel. Very different characters. I'm a big fan of Ms. Marvel's um, trade. I love love the original, like, trade paperback of that storyline. I'm not familiar with the entire series, but I love the beginning of it. Uh, I am, I'm excited that that's getting a green light in the show, and I look forward to seeing a trailer and seeing what kind of energy they capture. And if it's that same, like, really fun, almost awe-inspiredness that, that Miss Marvel has. Captain Marvel's a little more intense. On the record, yes, I'm not a fan of Captain Marvel. I, I thought the first movie was very underwhelming. But I am super excited about the second one because... Kamala Khan's going to be in it and like it's going to cross over with Ms. Marvel. I'm going to have to yell at my cat in a minute. Loki! <clears throat> yeah, my cat's name is Loki. Oh, bad Loki. If I put a gun to your head right now and I asked you to name your favorite Marvel movie. Uh, yeah, I'm already you... disappointed. I just wanted you to put a gun to my head right now. <laughs> you, you didn't really have to do anything. It's <clears throat> Look at the way it's state of the world. I'll take it. It's fine. What, what, was, what was the second part of that question? <laughs> What's your favorite MCU movie? Oh, fuck you. Um, uh, Ragnarok. The Ragnarok. Also one of my favorites. If I had to choose one, and it's hard because like, I can rant about uh, how amazing Winter Soldier is, Civil War, uh, Infinity War, obviously, Endgame, uh, Iron Man 3, I- Iron Man. I mean, they're all fucking amazing films. I love Ant-Man. I love, I love them all. The Guardians movies. The, the, they're all great films, but if I had to just choose one that to me encapsulated everything that I love about this franchise and allowed everyone to shine, they'd be Ragnarok. I think <clears throat> that is a, that is probably the correct answer. And I'm going to mostly agree with you because it's probably, it is probably the one movie in the entire series that I can watch forever and just not, I could never get tired of Ragnarok. It's it's so charming and so funny and such a a weird departure in like a good way from the first two Thor movies, which were kind of yeah. The Thor Thor was good, but Dark World. Okay. By the time we got to Ragnarok, it was just like woo. We don't care, man. We're just having a good time. <laughs> and we got to see freaking Thor just have the time of his life, you know, from no longer having to play it so serious. Like he's just he's just a goofball jock who's trying really hard to to do right and it all worked the balance was perfectly there and buddying him up with fucking uh banner (laughs) the hulk (laughs) was brilliant and anytime you have hemsworth and hick hiddleston on screen together just the chemistry is love it love it love it so yeah there's nothing really bad about that movie i mean you got freaking kate blanchett in it for god's sake it's it's all dr strange cameo love it Love it. Jeff Goldblum. Jeff motherfucking Goldblum. Let him, let, I need more. I, need, want, I want more in that world. So I'm just happy that um, we're getting Taita back for the Love and Thunder. Yeah, the fact that we're even getting a fourth movie is crazy. Some people don't like it. I mean, I've had conversations with people who like absolutely do not. And for a moment, I didn't remember whether you were one of these weird people or not. Oh, absolutely not. I love Ragnarok. Yeah, so if you're listening to us and you're one of those people um i'm sorry look in the mirror and say some nice things about yourself it's gonna be all right i think for me it would probably have to be a toss-up between the original iron man and uh, infinity war for different reasons iron man 
set the tone of the universe so well in a way almost too well because it really kind of stuck to that cohesive like one tone for a little while before it started doing crazier things like guardians of the galaxy and infinity war showcases like i said i'm a slut for shared universes it it the fact that Infinity War was able to juggle so many characters from so many like disparate parts of the universe and and bring together just 10 years worth of like storytelling to like culminate in like this one like shared story. What a tightrope. It is amazing that that movie works so incredibly well. And also, obviously, best cliffhanger of all cliffhangers. I, I remember when I went to the theater and I saw it with a big group of my friends a couple people didn't know anything about like that story arc in the comics and they just seeing their faces as half of the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe just turned to dust. I remember coming out of the theater with, with and just realizing I had to wait a year for the end of that and and just going home and sitting quietly to myself for a while and just processing everything. It was it was traumatic. I mean I was talking to one of my friends and I think he saw the movie when he was in, when he was over, over overseas in Ireland. And he and I were like chatting cause he got like a late night screening. Um, and I saw an early morning screening, but we were seeing it at the same time. So all we had were, were each other really talking about it. And it was, it was traumatizing. <laughs> it was a shared trauma of us all kind of nervous and terrified of what may happen next and how the direction they were going to take. And I can't believe they actually did that. And because, you know, you leave the theater with that energy and that kind of like piano droll, sad version of the Avengers theme. And you remember Bruce Banner, just like looking the everyone just looking as depressed as can be, you know, you just saw Groot fade away into oblivion. You saw, you know, Spider-Man just go, I don't want to go. And you're just like, ah, just a part of you dies and then stays dead and then you have to kind of bury it and have a funeral for it and say some words for it and you have to hope in like a year the ritual is complete and it comes back to life but you're not quite sure and you kind of get there and you know end game was its own thing and they really just they went for it they went for the we're gonna jump five years and the world's still kind of fucked up so Let's have fun with that. It almost feels like we've waited the same amount of time outside of the universe as they jumped inside the universe at this point. At this point, yeah. Thanks to thanks to COVID, we were all we we all know what it was like to uh, to deal with the post dusting. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of of them calling it the blip. I think they also refer to it as the decimation, which does sound cooler, although it's technically inaccurate. Again, I, I, I'm forever calling it the snapping. Honestly, I need to go back and rewatch Endgame now with the context of living through COVID because I, I feel like it might hit a little bit harder. It will. It will. I recently did that. And it's, it's, it's hard. That therapy scene and, and when, when Cap is talking about moving on, you're just... Uh. It's going to be interesting to see how WandaVision continues from Infinity War and Endgame. Over, under... What are the odds that the vision is getting revived permanently? I think it's a good chance to be perfectly honest because depending on the story that we're telling of Wanda, I will say that the vision will probably be there for this entire thing. And then we'll be part of her story because she's going to be a part of the Dr. Strange uh, film in which I, I, my theory is that she's going to be playing the antagonist or an antagonist 
and it might be because vision can't be resuscitated permanently. Um, that loss of vision, that destruction of the world, the perfect world, like it was in House of M, triggers a, a mental breakdown, you know, and I think that that's kind of where we might be taking it. So by the time we get to um, the new Doctor Strange film, I think we will have had as much vision as possible. And then someone's going to close it off. She's going to lose her shit and she's going to be an antagonist. I am of the opinion that vision is probably not coming back permanently. And that this story, like we're going to realize that this is basically Wanda dealing with the loss of vision and just it permeating reality and like making like this weird pocket of reality. And then I feel like there's going to be a, a tease. It's going to lead to Dr. Strange in the multiverse of madness. And I don't think that Wanda will necessarily be the antagonist of that film. She could be. I'm, but I'm super excited because I really, I just really want her to team up with Dr. Strange. I'm super excited about that. And also I think it's going to be tying in somewhat to I know that Doctor Strange will tie into Spider-Man and this will feed into both of them. So like, very excited. Yeah, it all depends. Have you read any of the of Wanda's Mental Breakdown comics, House of M specifically? I have not read House of M. I am aware of House of M and I'm aware of the greater plot points of House of M. Did you happen to catch the Easter egg for House of M in the trailer for WandaVision? There were a bunch of tra- uh, Easter eggs for House of M in, in that. So you have to tell me which one you're talking about. In the, I think it was in the first trailer for WandaVision, there's a scene where there's a wine bottle and the name on the wine bottle, the label is a uh, Maison de Mepris, which means House of Mepris, which means House of Misery or House of M. House of M. There it is. All right. So starting next week, we will be reviewing and discussing every episode of WandaVision. So make sure to subscribe to us on Anchor or Spotify or whatever podcast aggregate you use. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at InfinityCast, spelled infinite A cast. Please join us for the insanity, the crazy, the ranting, the ups, the downs, the pitfalls and the possibilities of Everything Disney Plus has to offer. Welcome to the Infinity Cast.